0: Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Libro Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. <laughs> the Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. Steamed you call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. this. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lacadaisical Liberal This show is one in which I discuss. Although well, it's a discussion, is it? Question mark? If one just spews it forth with no one in the room, and potentially no one listening. I don't know if that's so much a discussion as a monologue. So, let me take that from the top. <coughs> Hello, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackaday's Liberal libro This show is one in which I monologue... Mm, doesn't sound quite right... All the media I have consumed, yes, and I will say this episode has a lot of it, a lot of said media, so uh, I think what I'm going to try to do today is a little bit of an experiment, and it's going to be rather than do what I normally do and just sort of, uh, you know, let it flow, I'm going to try to do this very, very fast. Too fast, you might say. I'm going to, despite this episode having much more than many episodes in terms of media consumed and to talk about, uh, I'm going to try to zoom through it and see how that works out. So wish me luck, wish my poor tongue luck because it's gonna maybe get twisted up. Yeah, it's like a tongue twister almost, but not really. (sighs) Okay, so we're not off to a good start. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Gaffigan Psychiatry. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, Movie the first, Deadfall, from 1993. Uh, This falls into the category of movies from the podcast How Did This Get Made? that I hadn't seen when I listened to the episode of that podcast but sounded interesting and at the end of the show they uh, I believe unanimously said you should watch this movie because if you are unfamiliar with that podcast how did this get made highly recommend way better than this one uh, at the end of the show, uh, whatever movie that they are discussing, they'll, they'll always say, should you watch this? And uh, sometimes it's a, 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 similar to my ratings. It's a, a, It can be a convoluted, not simple yes or no answer. But this one was, a, I, I do believe, a unanimous yes for its level of craziness, which I can uh, verify that craziness level. However, um, I think this movie fits into another category, which is because I... Watch video games while uh, sorry, play video games while watching movies and vice versa it means sometimes my nat- my attention isn't 100% on either uh, and uh, there were times in this movie where I had no idea what's going on. Now, when I look back at uh, listening to the podcast which, you know, I don't know how much is in my memory but, but I, I think one thing is that maybe this is a little weird and convoluted. So the fact that there were times where I had no idea what was going on, maybe not too surprising. On that note, rating wise, uh, I didn't really like it, to be honest with you. And it was bad, but it it didn't really tread too much into that so bad, it's good sort of realm, I felt like. Uh, There were moments, I suppose, with Nicolas Cage, who, uh, his performance in this, truly insane. Like, I, I almost feel like, and I bet you, you could find this on YouTube, just find the scenes that he's in, and his sort of craziness, and watch that, and probably have as good, if not better, a time. I'm giving it, a, like, a two or less. Moving on to Long Longshot, oh, from 2019, journalist Fred Flarsky. That was his name. Reunites with his childhood crush, Charlotte Field. Normal name. Uh, Now one of the most influential women in the world, as she prepares to make a run for presidency, Charlotte hires Fred as her speechwriter, and sparks fly. Romantic sparks. Weird that I have just realized, because June Diane Raphael... Uh, Has a a fairly sizable role in this movie, and she is one of the hosts of How Did This Get Made? That is unintended that that happened, but it's a delight nonetheless. Uh, This movie I very much did like. Uh, I think right off the bat I'll go rating of 4 out of 5. Yeah, very, very solid 4 out of 5. Funny. It was an interesting... Uh, uh, romance. Like, this is a bit of an unlikely couple, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, I guess if you don't know, uh, the the stars are Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. I don't know. I suppose that could happen uh, IRL in real life. Um, But, uh, you know, it's interesting, let's say. Interesting. Um, We have Bob Odenkirk as President of the United States. That right there should maybe bump it up to a five. Uh, and he was uh, Bob Odenkirk in it as well, so uh, so I enjoyed that. O- overall, I, I recommend uh, romantic comedy and strong in the comedy and uh, yeah, good, clean, although sometimes dirty, fun. Uh, moving on to uh, b- b- American Dreamer. Oh yeah, this one with uh, uh, Jim Gaffigan, Whew, baby. Uh, uh, I, I think I actually brought back to the podcast that uh, right around when this came out uh, Jim Gaffigan was sort of doing the podcast rounds as you do when you have the movie coming out, which was a delight because he's a great podcast guest um, so hearing him talk about this, or not even hearing him talk about it, but hearing people interviewing him talk about his performance in this made me know like I have to see this movie and uh, I, I will verify, Jesus Christ this movie, Whew uh rating uh can i go five out of five Uh, i don't know if i can go five out of five but it's pretty goddamn close um his performance he's creepy as hell in this um and there's one scene in particular that just like uh, sometimes you'll be watching a movie or at least this will happen to me and and i feel like i'll always notice it where my jaw like literally drops, uh like physically the jaw of my mouth will drop down, (laughs) and then, uh, and then I'll, uh, it'll take me a second, but I'll realize, like, I'll actually consciously realize that it has happened, and sort of, like, make a note that, oh man, I watched that movie, and my jaw literally dropped down, and I'm not going to give it away, but, whew, maybe. uh uh, let me read the imda a down on his luck hail which is like uber let's just say a down on his luck uber driver who makes extra cash chauffeuring a low-level drug dealer around town finds himself in a serious financial bind and decides to kidnap the dealer's child what could go wrong you might ask well lots of things lots and lots of things Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Frogs. Uh, okay, so have two, count them. Well, no need to t- count them. I'm telling you, there's two television shows. Uh, first and foremost, uh, well, first certainly, uh, is Vice Principal Season 1 and 2, which I, I do believe there is only two seasons. Um, this falls into the category of. Not dissimilar to uh, uh, the, the the first movie. What was it? See, I, I, I feel like that Nicolas Cage movie. It's not even in my brain anymore. <laughs> it's like totally gone. Like, I, I can't even remember what it was called from seconds ago. Uh, yeah, literally can't. Uh, so that's a sign that my rating was accurate. <laughs> literally watched it, uh, wrote down what it was called, said what I wanted to say, and now it's out of my brain forever. Um, anyways... Uh, This falls under the category of things I have heard people on uh, podcasts talk about very, very highly. And again, I'm going to verify that those people who said those nice things about this television program are correct. It was really, really good. Uh, uh, Starring none other than uh, Danny McBride and uh, Walter Goggins as the titular (laughs) vice principals. A um, little bit east down and uh, uh, east bound and down, east bound and down, uh, feel to it, which uh, uh, I suppose there's a logic to that. Let me read the imda. an overprotective father is obsessed with becoming a principal and competes against the popular vice principal however something happens that makes them work together to save the day i don't know if they save the day in fact they ruined several days over the course of these two seasons uh yeah uh easy easy five out of five this is dark and funny and if you are a long-time listener if such a thing exists you will know uh, dark comedies are my sort of real sweet spot, and this one hits it very much so. Uh, a lot of cringes, uh, a lot of Jesus Christ, I can't believe they're doing this. Is and uh, it really an incredible uh, two seasons. Uh, it's a shame that uh, they didn't get more, because I would for sure watch more, like... I did, with Season 3 of The Good Place. Yes, uh, finally available uh, for your viewing pleasure on Canadian Netflix. Uh, I'm not sure if it's available on uh, US Netflix. Um, uh, this sort of continues on with the story of... Oh, jeez, you know what? I didn't give a spoiler warning at the top. Okay, well, you know what? Uh, I, I feel like I said, let's do this. Let's, let's do this. Uh, the Good Place Season 3... Uh, I'm going to give 5 out of 5. Friggin' loved it. So many cool episodes. Can't wait for Season 4, which is unfortunately, I do believe, the final season, so that's kind of sad. But uh, I also feel like this is a show where four seasons probably can get the job done, where if they continued on, I bet you it would be harder to make uh, to make it. Just sort of period, full stop. Anyways, uh, what I was going to say is I said I was going to do this episode fast, and I am not doing so. So, for The Good Place Season 3, that's all I'm going to say about it because uh, that is a show that I don't want spoiled for people, because there's things that could get spoiled. Okay, so let's try to uh, pick up the pace a bit. Conan the Librarian! Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is the Dryad Arboretum. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, if you're following along, you will know that I am reading the Witcher book series, uh, which the video game series is based upon these books. They are by Andrzej Andrzej Sepkowski. Um, of all the ways I have said joseph's name uh, I'm hoping over the course of this podcast I have got it right. Uh, one of the times that I've said it. Uh, and, and maybe I haven't yet, but when I read book five, maybe I'll get it right that time. Okay, so uh, of the books so far, this has probably been my least favorite, um, but it swings wildly. Uh, if you listen to my last talk, uh, you will. Uh, I do. It's funny because I very rarely remember what I say in press podcasts, but I do remember talking about how uh, there was a section of the book where he was doing sort of the political intrigue that quite often uh, fantasy novels get into. uh, Quite often, sections that I skip because they're boring as hell to me. To to me, I should underline that Uh, politics in real life and politics uh, uh, in fantasy are not things that I have interest in. Now, in real life, I'll maybe force myself, because you sort of have to nowadays, whereas uh, in the book, I'm using these books as an escape from the reality of things like politics, so uh, when it's in there, it really just doesn't appeal to me at all. But in the previous book, book number three of the series, I spoke of uh, how Despite uh, those facts for myself, uh, he managed to make it interesting. Uh, it, it was all sort of taking place at a dinner party and the sort of uh, uh, the, the ebbing and flowing of the politics and people physically moving uh, and, and, and then nations moving. And, and it was the, he, he made it very interesting. Now, this book, uh, I'm going to say a, a different story. He would devote like entire chapters to basically just people sitting and talking about the politics of the region and i'm going to freely admit here because this will help you if you're in a similar situation i for the most part skipped those chapters like a hundred percent just started reading them started literally falling asleep and would just like skip 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 i i I read on a a e-book thing um and it didn't lessen the enjoyment of the rest of the book which I, i think is very telling Uh, So for that reason, this is going to get a strange rating uh, of one... Uh, out of 5 for some chapters to the degree where I debated stopping reading the series, which is shocking for me. Uh, and, and then the non-political ones where uh, I feel like the actual story is being told, the actual interesting story is being told, those, you know, ranging from 4 to 5. They're were, they were great, incredible, and kept me reading more and, and wanting to know more. So uh, I've never had a book like this that had so many swings. It's almost like it was two different writers writing different Different chapters like they would give one uh, the chapter to 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 Andrew Ziv uh, uh, who, who wrote the ones I like and then some political guy came in and, and typed up a bunch of political nonsense that I didn't care about and didn't seemingly have any effect on the on the story as a whole so that is that oh boy Today's game cabin sponsor is Spooky Woods Arboretum. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, I think I did this last episode as well, and probably will next one, uh, and maybe for the, the for, uh, maybe not. Uh, I'm doing a bit of a Steam cleanup, which is where I will uh, uh, play games on my Steam uh, that I haven't played yet. So, uh, that's what I have here. Uh, first is uh, Mern colon The Quest. Oh... Uh, yeah, so this is uh, sort of looks a little bit like uh what's it called Minecraft a little bit, although you're not really building anything. You're sort of going around a Minecrafty world and uh, adventuring, you know, you're you're killing bats and skeletons and uh you're harvesting materials and you're using those materials to build things. You you're not really building bases so much as you you know, you'll you'll build a sword or you'll build uh uh, things to help you progress in the world, basically, but but you're not really uh, building a base or anything like that. Uh, it's fun, uh, rating-wise. See, the thing about these Steam cleanup games is quite often these games are just sort of, like, I'll put them on, I'll, I'll play them for an hour, and uh, I'll sort of realize, eh, you know, this game's fine, but it's not really going to take my attention. And this did more than some of the games <laughs> in this uh, Steam cleanup. Uh, 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 maybe if I it's just I reached a point in it where I felt sort of stuck and I didn't know what to do next um, so for that reason I'm going to go uh, 2.9 no, uh, 2.759 yeah 2.759 sounds perfect for Myrne, Myrne colon the quest moving on to Unforgiving no colon but a dash a Northern Hymn. Unforgiving, a Northern Hymn is a first-person horror game heavily inspired by Swedish folklore and the Nordic mythology to create a nightmare that's been haunting Swedish children for generations. Uh yeah, there was some creepiness. Um similar to Mirrorin. Uh it's uh didn't really keep me in and I reached a spot where it's like okay I kind of get what this game is going for but uh, it's not that interesting. Um, There was a section too where I just kept dying over and over again and you know as someone who is frustrated by games in which you die easily and often (laughs) that was sort of annoying. uh, I will say uh, there were times where I was spooked but then by the end there's, like, the things that are giving you spooks, I would just run towards them to see what they look like. <laughs> and right before I turned it off, I was doing that, and it was, like, uh, this big giant thing. Uh, like, it literally looked kind of like a hill giant from uh, D&D. Uh, and I ran up towards it just to see what it looked like up close, because you were supposed to, like, sneak by it. And I'm like, fuck that, I want to go see what this thing looks like. And it was creepy to behold, but then it, like, picked me up and I, like, bit my head off. And then I'm like, you know what, that's enough of unforgiving uh, rating wise, two point nine seven five. Whatever I give the last one, same. Uh, moving on to I. <laughs> e. Period. Y. Period. E. Period. Colon. Jeez, a lot of freaking punctuation on this title. Divine Cybermancy. <laughs> what the fuck is this title? Uh, in a dark cyberpunk world, you. And up to three friends. Wage war against the all-powerful Federation and the source-powered FPS RPG. Jesus, that sounds like it's pretty amazing. And, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of impenetrable, uh, I felt like. Like, I, I think this one maybe I played for the least amount of time. Um, I also feel like this is a game where if I was more patient uh, and sort of Put in the time to figure it out more. Uh, there's probably some depth here that I could have got got into. This is a game where I feel like uh, the young me re- remember back in the day, and this will depend on how old you are, where uh, you would get a game. You go to you know you go to Blockbuster or uh, quite often in my case a place called Jumbo Video Uh, you'd rent a game uh, and that was it that was the game you had for a week usually it was a weekly rental for video games Um, and and if it was bad didn't matter (laughs) If it was impenetrable didn't matter that was the game you had and that was the game you're gonna play Uh, but now in this age of where I have literally hundreds of games on my Steam to choose from uh, when I get a game that is like this Like, hey, you know what? I got other games waiting, so if you don't get my attention pretty quick... Sorry, I Divine Cybermancy. (laughs) I do love the title. Okay, so I'll give it one for the title and then one for the game itself at around about two. Uh, Moving on to the last one. Uh, This one, uh, of the games I played, this one pulled me in the most. It was called Darkwood. Oh. Dirkwood, A New Perspective in Survival Horror. Scavenge and explore a rich, ever-changing, free... Ever-changing? Was it? Free-roaming world by day, and then hunker down in your hideout and pray for the morning light. Yeah, that was sort of cool. So, uh... It's top-down, sort of, uh, uh, I think, do they call that tank controls? I forget what they call it. Where you're sort of, uh, you're seeing things from a, a bird's-eye perspective as your little guy runs around the screen. And uh, very, very creepy in feel and, and, and art. Uh, and, and sort of uh, beautiful to behold in its ugliness. The lighting is probably one of the, 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 the best lightings I've seen in a game. Just in terms of uh, sort of developing that level of creepiness Uh, a very very cool um the the progression to sort of uh build your stuff up and and get new weapons and and uh build your base up uh is there and uh the the bad guys are cool uh i didn't beat it and i don't think i'm going to go back for more so for that reason i'm not going to give it a five out of five but for uh, the time that i was playing it i i I go like a solid four I, i i did enjoy it fives i feel like for video games i kind of reserve for ones that i don't uh uninstall like the and some of those even get sixes like games where i play it and then realize this is a game that i like so much i'm guaranteed going to jump back into uh where is this i i kind of got my fun out of it and uh you know the odds of me playing it again possibly exists. Maybe if they did a big update or something like that. Uh, but still, a lot of fun. Recommend Darkwood the most out of all the games I have spoken of. Ah, Charlie. Charlie bit me. Oh. Friday, Friday. Gotta get down. Of- uh, is this real life? Internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is ah, fake monsters. All right, item the first Master Manual, which is a podcast from Spencer Crittenden. Yes, that's Spencer Crittenden from uh, 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 Harmontown. Yeah, that guy. Uh Also, co host Cohen Edenfield, who I had not had the pleasure of hearing up until this podcast, but. After listening, I very much enjoy him, and they are a good duo. Uh, play well off one another. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is sort of a, a very apt way in which I came about this. Um, I, I follow Spencer on uh, Twitter. Uh, we've had some pleasant interactions where he talks of things D&D and I sort of uh, uh, ask him or, or, or you know just sort of comment on things so it was sort of a, a light airy d d related stuff um, and he's always been kind enough to reply which I very much appreciate um, so somehow some way out of all the posts I've seen of his on Twitter regarding d and I've never heard him mention the fact that he has a podcast in which he talks about D&D. So uh, I I found it in some Facebook group where people were asking for recommendations of a D&D podcast and I saw someone mention Spencer Critton I'm like, yeah, he's on Harmontown. Yeah, he plays D&D. Yeah, there's Harmony Quest, but then what? What's this? He also has his own podcast where he, he's talking about specifically D&D and I've never heard of it from him or anyone else. So thank you to that person because uh, uh, it's a goddamn delight to listen to this thing uh I, I knew he was good at it just from hearing him you know do his thing on harmon quest and uh on harmon town uh but what i didn't know was the sort of uh history he has had with like he, uh, he said and i don't think uh he was exaggerating he said he's been playing basically since he was like 3 years old so pretty incredible and sort of explains why he is uh good at it i feel like Uh, and I talk about this from time to time when it comes to D&D, that I don't feel like I am good at very many things. Very few things in life do I feel like I'm good at. But one of them that I do sort of feel like I might actually be good at, which is shocking to me, is D&D. And uh, one of the ways that this feeling sort of uh, uh, shows itself, let's say, is the fact that I, I think I could tell when a DM is a good DM. And I could tell that Spencer is a good DM. So, to hear him sit down uh, uh, with with Cohen and, and talk about D&D stuff uh, is just a delight. Uh, they do segments, which, of course, it's a podcast, you're going to do segments. Uh there's coming up with names. Oh, yeah, so that's normally how they start uh, the episodes. They do a name off. If you're unfamiliar with d and uh, quite often you'll have to come up with names on the spot. Names of characters, names of towns. Yeah, you know what? They usually just do characters, but not so much towns or, or, or things like that. Um, and, and they'll just do a name off where they'll sort of go back and forth. Um, <laughs> I like doing that as well and i sort of sometimes just do it in my head and uh, i find quite often my names fall into the category of uh ben schwartz uh, uh fake names from uh uh jake and videos now that's a bit of a deep poll if you don't know what i'm talking about but uh let me just run some off my head now these are i i, I promise you though listening these are off the top of my head uh we'll go uh prysys top Priceless Turventop, pleased to meet you. Uh, We'll go uh, uh, Kel Tormund. See? It can be done. We'll go Hercule Target. Yeah, things like that. Uh, We could go Q Penny Whistle Longbottom. Q Penny Whistle Longbottom, at your service. Uh, and basically <laughs> that's what they do see uh, those are dumb names but they are made up on the spot <laughs> please give me give me points for that uh, uh, mashing things together yeah uh, which is funny too because uh, uh, it, it, one of the things one of the segments I do in my uh, YouTube, uh, channel the alphabetical dm go check that out uh is, is taking things and mashing them together into some uh, a, a scenario so they'll take maybe a monster uh and mash it with another monster or they'll they'll, they'll take a, a they'll, they'll make scenarios out of two things they'll pull uh, cards from a tarot deck uh and, and have a magic item and then sort of use that as a inspiration to mash them together so that's fun uh and then they'll answer questions from, uh, from the audience, so all cool stuff. <laughs> it's fun to... <laughs> I don't know how fun it is for Spencer. He doesn't like praise, so uh, usually, in fact always, uh, whenever I speak of... Uh, people on this podcast, when I tweet out the, uh, podcast, uh, when, when it drops, as they say in the biz, uh, I'll I'll tweet to the people, you know, I say nice things of you in this podcast. Now for Spencer, (laughs) I feel like I would warn him that I say nice things of him in the podcast. So he doesn't have to listen because he does not like people. Uh, he does not like praise by any means, uh, which is, uh, fun. And, And you know what fun? Because I, I feel like he knows that, uh, people enjoy him but also doesn't like that feeling and also realizes that it's it's sort of humorous that he doesn't like uh, praise. Like, he, he sort of plays into it a little bit to a humorous humorous degree, so uh, I, I like that as well. Uh, okay, so spent more time on that than I wanted to. Man, this whole speeding thing. Not working out too well. Moving on to, like, that was the first item. Uh, moving on to High and Mighty. The Paddington Two episode, yes, uh, man, that that movie. Uh, it was with Kevin Porter. The the episode uh, uh, host, John Gabris. If you are unfamiliar with High and Mighty, uh, he'll have on people to uh, talk about you know something they like, something they share in common. Uh, basically, it's a not dissimilar to what I do here, where I just talk about movies I like, TV, video games, uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and the topic of this, you know how long an episode was it let's just see if i can uh one hour and 16 minute long episode uh was paddington two you know how long was paddington two probably wasn't much longer than that uh, but it, but it makes sense, because if you saw Paddington 2, uh, and I spoke of it on this podcast, obviously, uh, I gave it a easy, easy 5 out of 5. Just an incredible film that I think do, does get overlooked, so it was nice to hear them talk about it for an hour and 16 minutes. Moving on to Matt Colville. Oh yeah, did a... Uh, I, I See, I'm, I'm picking up the pace here. Matt Colville uh, discussing customizing monsters. Uh, w- this was fascinating for many reasons. Uh, it did, again, give me that sort of feeling that maybe I'm good at D&D. Because all the things he discussed are things that I do. And not only that, I watched this video and that day I was customizing my own monsters. And then this video dropped. So uh, uh, he did give me ideas, though, I will say. Um, in D&D... There is a you know giant list, an entire book, many books in fact, filled with monsters you can use to have your your players fight. Okay, um, some of them, uh, particularly uh, uh, at certain levels, are ones in which makes sense from a story perspective that there's just going to be one of. Now the thing about that is if it's one versus many, even if the one is very, very powerful, those many are quite often going to have an easy time of killing it, just because of uh, something called action economy, which means they're going to get, you know, however many players you have, four to, you say, six turns, while this thing is just going to get one. Uh, So it's things like that that he is trying to address, and I think did an admirable job of it with some cool ideas. Um, Things like, not dissimilar to legendary actions, and it made me sort of reconsider legendary actions. Uh, he called them villain actions, uh, which is, I, I feel like, something I'm going to use. Because I like, the, the, sometimes the only way to make cool bad guys is to have the cool bad guy, but then have a lot of little minions with it. Because otherwise that cool bad guy is not going to be able to do its cool stuff. Um, because it will be killed so quickly. So, so so that has been in the past my sort of default. Um, have, have a big cool bad guy thing. Uh, but then have a lot of little things that uh, you, you have to take care of the little things or else they'll swarm you and kill you. But uh, it, it gives the, the, the big thing an opportunity to do its coolness. So there's things like that. Uh, all sorts of like cool abilities, and, and this is something I've done with bad guys for a while, and, and I do warn my players, like I, I did say uh, before we even started playing in Session Zero, that uh, it is rare, even, that a monster you come across will be identical to what you find in the Monster Manual, and, and that's true for me for the most case. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll always use something as a base. Like i'll never just go 100 from scratch i'll always pick and this is something he spoke of as well and actually they spoke of this in master manual uh spencer did um the idea of there's so incredibly much variety in terms of magic items and monsters and spells that you can find something close to what you want to accomplish fairly easily and then just twist it slightly because Uh, The people who created this, the uh, Dungeons & Dragons people, um, have put a lot of work into figuring out how how all this stuff works. So if you use all this work they have done to uh, use as a base, uh, and and then just tweak it slightly, you're you're, you're not going to break anything too much. Uh, And and that's something I've uh, come to learn over over the years. Very, very helpful, and uh, it was nice to (laughs) hear Matt Koval, uh, uh someone who uh in the dnd realm i look up to very very much to uh, talk about something that i was doing literally hours before so uh made me feel good and it was a cool video and i think will help a dm very much so moving on to kurtzkogat probably said that wrong kurtzkogat uh did a what if we nuke a city <laughs> jesus christ yeah this one was a little scary which some of his videos are, like even the ant ones, the fact that there's so many ants on the world. There's, there's a lot of ants on the world, people. And we don't even know. Anyways, um, uh, it just from a sort of scientific, uh, minute-by-minute, second-by-second perspective, what would happen if a city got nuked. Uh, which is a horrifying, horrifying thought. And <laughs> maybe don't watch that video, but, but do if uh, that sounds interesting to you. Uh, and, and lastly... We'll throw in a uh, honorable mention to the Fortnite Black Hall. Yeah, uh, that is some good PR. Uh, well, I don't know if it's good PR, but it's smart PR. Uh, that whole thing. So, since this is the internet intercourse, I, I had to throw excuse me in an honorable mention to that, folks. We're not done. Yes, I have a little something called a conversation cleanup. <laughs> Yes, 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 a bonus. I could have potentially thrown this into the game, Gavin, but... Uh, I wanted to, for brain reasons, <laughs> because it didn't sit well with me, separate the VR games from the non-VR games. So that is what I've done in this conversation cleanup, in which is sponsored by Lumpy Space Princess Jelly. Thank you for that sponsorship yes uh uh not dissimilar to the vr cleanup i had some uh, uh or the steam cleanup i had some vr games that i hadn't yet played so uh we're gonna talk about two of them here the first of which is called abode a b o d e in abode you'll visit a sci-fi noir apartment inspired by By Escape the Room Games, you'll have to pick up, inspect, open repair, and utilize objects of furniture in the room in order to unveil its secrets. VR exclusive. Available on Steam right now for $11. Um, uh, uh, VR games are always expensive. Uh, I think this one is worth it. Uh, And quite often I see games uh, where the price point and the experience... They're expensive to make, I get, um, so I do sort of get that, but um, quite often the, the price is such that uh, I sort of debate whether I should get it or not, and and there's sort of inner turmoil with me, I guess you would say. The the, the cheapness in me has inner turmoil. But with this one, I, I would say definitely worth it. Uh, I, I didn't finish it, I, I got stuck. Uh, I suppose I could go back and uh, uh, sort of uh, see where some clues are that I may have missed. But uh, it it did do a a fine job of making you feel smart quite often. Um, And and it was cool to... Like, like everything's sort of almost a cel-shaded, cartoony a little bit. Like, it's not ultra-realistic, but you do feel like you're stuck in this room, which is uh, pretty cool. Uh, Rating-wise, I think I'll go like a solid 4 uh with some uh, uh, less than four moments where I felt stuck, um, where where what I had to do next was uh, was I, I just couldn't, I had no idea, like not even a suggestion. like I felt like there were times where, Uh, I I had done everything that could be done and didn't know what to do next. Now, I I will say that happened maybe three or four times and then just something sort of clicked and like, oh, yeah, wait, I could do this. So when that happens, you feel smart, but then it it happens and uh, (laughs) then you get into that situation and nothing clicks and then you feel dumb again and then you turn it off. So uh, overall, Abode, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Moving on to Adventure Time, calling Magic Man's Head Games. Ah, This one was a lot of fun. Uh, experience Adventure Time like never before in this amazing new VR game. Uh, it, yeah, it was an action platformer. So I was a little worried because I played uh, Lucky's Tale. And I could play that for maybe five minutes before I started getting VR sickness. Whereas this, uh, five minutes in, I'm like, oh, geez, uh, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? But it never did. Yeah, beat the whole thing. Uh, it wasn't a long experience, like maybe an hour in change. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, a lot of humor. If you like the show, you'll like this. Um, the, the platforming was never super, super difficult. There's some fighting. You, you're basically, uh, like, it's not as sophisticated in terms of gameplay, by any means. But, uh, it's fun, uh, sort of exploring this world, uh, like, literally being in the cartoon Adventure Time. I'm watching right now, uh, uh Finn and Jake fight, uh, some sandwiches. Fighting sandwiches, you say? Sometimes, uh, uh, Finn the dog and Jake the human, which is, uh, I always get them mixed up. It's Finn the dog and Jake, Jake the dog and Finn the human. I'm trying to think of the song. Anyways, the dog, sometimes he'll, like, come up right to the screen, so he's, like, right in front of your face. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool when he's talking to you. And I actually, that's a voice, voiced by, uh, John DiMaggio, I do believe, who I had the pleasure of meeting... And getting his autograph, should you wish, to Google Nerd Cane Adventures, you can see just what I mean there, folks. We did it. We made it to the end. Um, I said I was gonna speed, and I see we're at 40 minutes. So I, I, I done, uh, fucked up. Yeah, I done fucked up. Okay, I'm, I, I'm a big enough man to admit that. Like my plan was r- literally to go like, uh, min the quest. Three out of five. Unforgiving. In Northern Hem. Blah, 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 blah. Like, that's what my plan was. And I failed at it miserably. I apologize. But I will still say, as I do from time to time, 508 plus times, in fact, that it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things, and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory.